Hey, what's up, fam? It's Coach Josh, and welcome to my live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing well today. Hope you guys are having an amazing Saturday, getting um, um, things done. And I'm excited to assist you all today. But for those watching me for the very first time, my name is Joshua Ezzy, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But as everyone is coming into my live feed, let me let you guys know about some things I got going on. Like uh, if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching. If you need any assistance with relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, branding, etc., I am here to help you. And if you need just any kind of support, contact me uh, with the links in the description box below. If you're uh, check out my latest book, Facts Over Feelings, it's a book to help you process your feelings so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose in life or fulfilling the roles that you're playing in your life. Great resource there. If you're looking for a book to help you hold the things in your life better or to make sure that you're um, um, uh, positioning yourself to hold the important things in life well, this journal will be a great resource for you. And if you're looking for a book to help you understand the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it, here's a great book here. Another book that I have is called Dating Prep. It's a great book with great questions that will either uh, give you the question to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. So that's a great book there. If you're looking for a book that's going to help you process what's in front of you to make to help you differentiate between what's a counterfeit or a counterpart and so that you can continuously discern the will of God in every area of your life, this book will be a great resource for you. If you're looking for a book to help you untie soul ties and uproot strongholds and you want to understand the purpose of freedom in regards to whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Great resource there. Great book for young people third, fourth graders and up. It's a book full of proverbs, great book full of wise sayings to help kids uh, uh, better understand who they are and God. And if you're looking for a book to help you with spiritual warfare and you want to better understand the whole armor of God, this book would be a great resource for you. We also have merch as well as um, ways for you to give and support what I do. You can do that at IamUnplugged.com. All right. I know it's set. Oh, we got questions here. Well, one question. Let's see what we got. Uh, Marino says, let me make sure I get everything together here. Give me one second. And for those who's watching me or listening to me on um, the podcast, thank you all so much for listening, however you listen. Let's get right to the first question. So a woman I believe God told me I was supposed to marry is about to leave to Florida for missionary work. I don't want to be disappointed. Proverbs 18.22 says, is what he showed me what I met at a crusade. Well, when God speaks, I always tell people to either put it on the shelf or in the soil, but it's based upon the Holy Spirit's leading. A lot of the things that we feel as the one, we have to investigate. We have to investigate, uh, what is my heart, number one, content? Is, is my heart, number two, idolizing the idea of love? Is, is number three, my heart, impulsive, impatient? If any of those signs are evident in your heart in a major way, then you could have missed God. Because usually when we're impatient, insecure, impulsive, um, uh, uh, idolizing the idea of love, uh, uh, not content with our singleness, chances are it's, it's an emotional feel that we have in regards to what we think God has said, right? And so if you believed God said it, then let God uh, do it. And so what I mean by that is that let her go. If it's of God, it will come back. She will come back, right? 
The reason why we fall into disappointment is disappointment is because we create false expectations or are too high of expectations. Anytime you create high expectations about a thing, you set yourself up to be disappointed. The only person that we should have high expectations in is in God, his character and his ability and his timing. Anytime we have high expectations, we get a little bit nervous when things starts moving, especially if God has already showed you. Now, the best thing to do in the meantime is to trust God and just say, God, if it's your will, I believe that the wheels will turn back into my direction and we will get married. And so whatever you have to investigate your heart first, foremost, did your heart, is your heart content? Is your heart okay with the uh, with God's version of love? Is your heart at peace? Because if it's anything elevated or with false expectation, then you, the one setting yourself of a disappointment, believing that God told you something that God never did. Do not, a couple of times in my life, I said or believed that God said a woman was the one and she wasn't the one. So after that last time I did it, I never said it out of my mouth because I saw the error of my own heart. My heart wasn't content. I was insecure. I idolized the idea of love. And the moment I feel goosebumps or the moment I feel the electricity that is surging throughout an event and one thing, I, one moment me looking at another woman makes me feel whatever, I can't just make that the all be all of God telling me that this is it. I have to put it on the shelf. And if time proves it to be the one, then I can clearly say out of my mouth that she was the one or that was the thing for me. I hope to help. Stretch says, hey coach, I encountered a racially charged incident yesterday at work and have been pretty devastated. Today, I felt like every person I encountered will lash out at me. How do I handle this? Well, people are people. And those individuals that operate in bigotry, uh, uh, racism, uh, 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 whatever it is in those categories are insecure people. So if you're insecure, I will never allow myself to lose my security to come down to your insecurity. And then we're both operating insecurity. So what you have to do is you got to begin to see yourself in the eyes of God, that no matter if someone says something racial or someone says something, any kind of negative sense, then you will have the right sense to know uh, God's presence, letting you know who you are to him. So it doesn't matter what you have encountered. Anytime you encounter something negatively, engage God divinely. Engage him, vent to him about it, um, process your thoughts. Um, 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 really begin to center yourself and with the idea of your image bearingness of God, that you know that you are beautiful, that your skin color was was uh, colored in by God for a specific purpose, and that no matter what other person did, I got to keep moving because that person obviously has something wrong in their life. So never allow somebody else's insecurities to make you insecure. And if somebody's insecurities are make you insecure, then you got to pop the hood of your heart to see why are you insecure about that area of your life? Because we live in a world where people are ignorant, people are nasty, people are mean. But as long as your heart is clean, stay lean and keep uh, going down the path that God has for you because you never want people in your leanness to add unnecessary weight of emotions, unnecessary weight of, of, of negative feelings to cause you to slow down on your race. So how do you handle it? Number one, you go to God who can handle any heat. God's hands don't need no mittens. No matter how hot it is off of your heart, give it to God, vent to him first. Get it out your system. Number two, then you got to be able to um, really assess 
what it is that's in your heart. What is it in my heart that, that's making me disaffected? It's one thing to be mad in the moment. It's one thing to be frustrated in the moment. But to continue the frustration, there's something on the inside of you that's causing you to stay insecure about that. Meaning it could be a kid that said something to you in fourth grade. It could be some insecurities about your, about your nationality or your origins. And then you just got to shift that into understanding that your originality comes from the originator of the order of life, who is God. And then you move on confidently, knowing that people are mean, but keep your heart clean and stay lean. Hope to help. So Brandon says, a friend invited me to church that the pastor claims to be an apostle and he prays in tongues while preaching without an interpreter. What's your opinion? Well, my opinion is this. You got to go where God wants you to go because no pastor is perfect. So you don't ever want to go into a situation. Don't get me wrong. The Bible says you will know them by their fruit. Now, when it comes to those types of fruits, um, I, do I believe that there are apostles like the original apostles in the Bible days? No, they were anointed for a specific assignment in apostleship. Do I do believe that there are people operating apostolic anointings? Yes, I do believe it because he says he gives the church uh, apostles, pastors, teachers, evangelists, and such. But when a person always leans on their title, See, the thing about insecurity in ministers is this. If they always have to articulate their title, then I guarantee that title was never given to them. So if he's walking around the stage in, in arrogance and in boasting and in, in drawing attention to himself, then that, I will mark that man because chances are that man is operating in a demonic spirit, whether knowingly or unknowingly, because anytime, because demonic stuff, is all, all they're always insecure. Anytime you know that you are facing impending doom, anytime you know for a fact you already lost and there's nothing for you to do to win, you're going to operate in insecurity, you're going to operate in boasting, you're going to operate in pride because you're insecure on the inside. And if a man of God, quote unquote, is always advertising and articulating their apostleship and their, and their displaying of the, the gifts of tongues and stuff like that, chances are that per that man's insecure. But I don't know the man personally, but those are signs you have to look for. All right. And so that's what I would do. That's my opinion on that. What up, kiddo? What's going on, girl? Good to see you. Let me see. Um, great questions, y'all. Mary says, hello. Are first impressions really important? And is it a way to redeem yourself once you made a mistake towards someone? Anything's redemptive, especially if the mind's renewed, especially if it's God's reward for you. So I don't have to worry about being perfect with something that's already been perfected for me. All I got to do is trust in the grace and mercy of God to help me redeem, be redeemed for anything that was meant for me. Right. And so first impressions are important. But the first impression that you have to press in is pressing in with time with God. That right there will help you uh, uh, be still, pace yourself at any place that you press into because you already pressed into God and in deep gratitude, already pressed in God with reverence and already pressed in God, knowing that this is the day that the Lord has made, that you're choosing to rejoice and be glad in it. Then no matter who you face or what you face, because you already been immersed in the presence of God and have already uh, uh, pressed into him, trusting him, then you don't have to worry about too much first impressions. But if you felt like, man, I may have made a mistake, the thing that will erase it off your mental plate is understanding that even your mistakes is a part of God's plan, that your mess ups can mess up God's plan. 
because most mess ups leads to a message. So even if you redeem yourself, you got to get that off your mind because if you keep it on your mind, you're going to keep messing up every time. So press into God. Let him be the one that impresses you the most. So that when you press into him, then you will already be, be almost immersed in his guidance that no matter where you are, you will make great impressions and, and you will continue to be impressive uh, um, to people because you've already been pressed into God, if that makes sense. Great questions. Give me one second. I'll be right back. Okay, I am back. Let's get right to the next question. Stephanie Marie says, is it wrong to keep saying the desires of your heart in conversation with God? I pray about things. I pray about other things too. It's just important to me. Great question. Uh, let's read it again. Is it wrong to keep saying the desires of your heart in conversation? Well, there's nothing wrong when you're, you're asking in the form of venting. If you're asking in the form of of it just being a selfish thing, then that could be error in that, right? So there's nothing wrong with petitioning because petitioning, while in the midst of getting to know him particularly, can lead to you asking accurately, right? And so if you have desires, you have to ask him, why am I keep asking God for this? Because if you keep asking God for it versus asking for God to give you understanding about it, then it could be that you're asking it to consume of your own lust, to consume of your own personal desires without God. And so now if you're petitioning for someone's salvation, that's different. But if you're petitioning for desires like houses, cars, husbands, wives, uh, money, etc., that becomes detrimental because all, everything in your mental is about something that you want from God versus the purpose of God. And so if you're venting, if you're petitioning, if you're uh, just naturally desiring it and you feel pressed into it like someone's salvation, like like for particular issues in the world, that's different. But if you constantly petitioning and asking about a, a thing or individual, you got to examine your heart. Right. So second question, I pray about other things, too. It's just important. Oh, OK. Well, yeah. As long as you're praying for other things, it's cool. But always in everything, examine your motives, examine your heart to make sure that, that the reason why you're asking for this is not for the item more so than the individual who is God. And so that's what I would think about when asking. Are you asking because you want it badly to the point to where uh, it's only for you and not for uh, uh, anything more of a divine purpose than you could be asking to consume of your own lust? Edna says, hey, coach, so my cousin recently told me that she is getting married next month to a guy she met three months ago. I never met the guy, and my cousin and I are pretty close. I feel uneasy in my spirit. Well, it doesn't matter how uneasy your spirit is. It's her decision. So all you got to do is ask God for grace and mercy for her. And, and, and for you, if it's your will, God, and if she's bending towards your will, to ask you for any type of advice. But if she don't ask you for no advice... Then, then that's the price that she has to pay. And some people won't talk to you because they know you're going to tell them the truth. 
The reason why she's avoiding you is because you represent truth and she knows that you have the power, you have the ability, you have the strength to be able to cause her to want not want to be with someone that her heart tends to desire. It doesn't matter if a person's heart wants something that God doesn't want, you got to let them do what they do. Right. And so if you feel uneasy in your spirit, pray for her. You have time. Pray for her. But even if your prayers are not strong enough for the uh, for her heart's desires and her free will, then let her follow down that will of her that she chooses to decide. And that's between her and him. And so that's the best advice I can give you, man, is that let, let people going to do what they want to do. And whether you like it or not, and you have to let them because you when you give pearls to swine, the Bible says, don't give your pearls to swine because all they're going to do is walk on it and trample on it. Because in the Bible says that it, when you keep giving them pearls, they're going to turn and attack you. Why will they turn to attack you? Because your pearls are like stones. So you're giving pearls, but to them, you, you those pearls are stones. And so if a swine can interpret that the pearls you've given them is to give them a pearl necklace or to give them something of value, then they're going to first trample upon it. And then secondly, when you keep giving pearls, so many after the first two pearls, if they trample on it with arrogance, like, I don't need this, and they keep trampling, I don't need this, and you keep giving it to them, then they're going to think you're uh, attacking their idol. And one thing an individual is going to always do is defend their idols. And if you become a rival to their idols, you might as well forget your position in their life. So when you start throwing pearls at them, even though it's valuable stuff, they're going to think it's stones. And they're going to come and attack you because they're going to feel like you're attacking their idol. Never become a rival to someone's idol. Because it never ends well. So pray for it. That's the best advice I can give you. Marino says, Amen is going to be gone for three years. And I would say, I'm down right now and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, gotcha. That helped you. Okay, good. I'm glad. I'm glad, family. Let's see here. You're so welcome to Wanda. I'm glad that was a blessing to you. Edna says about it because everything is moving so fast. She even told me that they are moving to Orlando. I don't know how to feel about this. Is it wrong if I don't support her? Um, great question, though. Hmm. <laughs> Be led by your spirit on that. Because the Holy Spirit, you don't want to be so close to the thing, but you also don't want to miss the thing. Because a person with a heart like that would then just get into assumptions and whatever and whatever, whatever. So I, that's a very delicate line. Um, it, if, if you know for a fact that you are not going to be able to stomach it and your presence is going to disrupt the peace, quote unquote, of what they want, then I, I will talk to her before the wedding and just say, you know, I love you. I'm here for you. Don't ever forget that but I can't support this. That's if the Holy Spirit leads you to that. Or number two, you know for a fact, no matter how hard you pray, no matter how hard you whatever, whatever, you're going to be a toxic piece in that environment. Then you got to say, you know, I don't want to disrupt your peace. I don't agree with this, but I don't want my presence to disrupt your peace and what it is that you want to do. Now, if you're cool with it and there's something in you that's like, you should be removed from it, then I, then I, I would just, you know, hug, leave early. Hug her, love on her, be there for the ceremony, but maybe don't be there for the reception. Love on her, kiss her on the cheek, say I'm here for you, and keep moving. That now, charge it to the Holy Spirit first. That's just my advice. 
<laughs> Look at me giving disclaimers. Priscilla says, how do you change your perspective from the feeling of missing out because I'm in a season where God is working on me and healing? Well, never get consumed with the fear of missing out because fear paralyzes. Fear or false evidences appearing real. Fear cripples you. Fear torments you, right? And so you're not missing out. You're missing out on things that were never meant to be a piece in your life. And so how to overcome that is realizing that the thing you don't want to miss is what God has for you. And the best way not to miss that what God has for you, because what God has for you is going to always be a billion times greater than what you think you're missing out now. But to ensure that you don't miss out on that is to make sure you in the midst of what God wants to put in you. You got to be in the midst of what he wants to put in so that you won't miss out on the things that he wants you to do and win. Right. So your perspective has to shift. It has to be long term. It has to be forecasted. It has to be a type of mindset that says this, too, will benefit me through and through to ensure that when I am who I am, who I need to be a God, I will be able to do it at a high level. You're not missing out on anything. But what you don't want to miss out on is what God wants you to be in the midst of later. So in order to be in the midst of what God has for you later, you got to be in the midst of what God is doing for you now. And you have to remove your mind out of the temporary gratification of things and think long term. Because if you're 20 or so, these 10 years, most people waste. 18 and about 28 are the years most people waste. What you do from, from, from about 17 to about 28 is paramount, right? Because most people waste those years of having fun, but don't build the fundamentals. True fun is birthed out of you practicing the fundamentals of life because the fundamentals ensure that you can do the fancier things. For instance, in basketball, if I never dribble with my left hand and I never dribble with my right hand individually, if I don't practice the fundamentals, what's the point of me? I'm doing all these crossovers, but can't finish. If I don't know how to practice with my left hand or my right hand or know how to finish with layups on my left or right hand, if I can't do the fundamentals correctly, how can I truly get fancy with anything? How can I truly have fun with anything? So you have to think about fundamentals before fun. Because true fun is when you're in the things of God. True fun is when you're done. True fun is when you're done, meaning you're whole, meaning you're ready, meaning you're steady, meaning that you're able to do exactly what you're called to do. So you have to understand that God is prepping you for fun. It's not God pressing you or pulling you away from fun. You're not missing out on anything because the people that's in the midst of the things that they're doing but not practicing the fundamentals, they're the ones going to miss out in their 30s. Those who are in the midst of fun now will not be in the midst of fun later. So don't get caught up in those missed uh, 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 myths or, or all that stuff in your mind making you feel like that you're missing out on fun, man. Get done so you can really have fun. So let God work on you because God is trying to work out work things out of you and work things into you so that you can be workable, useful, and beneficial. Can a broke thing fix anything? Can a broke thing fix anything? Is a broke thing useful? People think that being broke is because you have no money. You are broke because you're not working uh, uh, on your purpose. When something works, it's useful. So if girl, if God is working on you, he wants you to get from a broken place to a working state so that you can be useful, beneficial, and profitable down the road. Hope to help. Stephanie said, understood. Thank you. You're so welcome. 
Mary Marie says, can you also pray for my mom who is currently battling severe anxiety and a church friend who is in a hospital due to tingling in her arms and legs? I'm going to pray for him now. Father God, I thank you so much for Mary's mom. Lord, help her to understand who you are accurately so that she won't be anxious about anything. Open up the airways for her mentally to understand that you are there to, for her to pray and petition to. Increase the gratitude in her heart so that she will be able to unlock the peace that comes and surpasses all and instead it's going to be able to guard her heart and mind through your son. I thank you, Father God, that she'll move all her anchors and put it onto you, knowing that you're sure for her through and through. So we think that there will be a supernatural peace that will enter her home, enter her heart, and, and will be evident in her hands as she trusts in you. We also pray for Mary's friend who's in a hospital. Father God, remove all anxiety and stress that's causing that tingling. I know this is a tough time for a lot of people, but God, I pray that they really begin to understand that you are there for them. Protect her in that hospital for any type of <clears throat> malpractices. Protect her for any type of agendas. Give her a peace and a hope and surround her with good doctors, nice doctors, doctors after your own heart that's going to help her gain wisdom on how she should move in the rest of her life. And we thank you for this prayer being sealed in the spiritual realm and, a and being manifested in the natural realm, God. And we thank you for it. And Jesus, we do pray. Amen. Thank you for trusting me to be able to do that. And you said my mom's name is Kimberly and my church friend's name is Sister Woods. So Sister Woods, we, Lord, you knew the names while I was even praying. And we thank you that you already did that. Natu360 says, how do you balance multiple talents and responsibilities? I keep in prayer and bring worries to God, but I know I fall behind if I don't keep up. Great question. If you know you held, you can hold. Don't fear of, of, of mishandling. If you know God is handling you and you're held by him, right? So don't get so caught up in worrying about your capabilities. Know that in order for a man or a woman to be able to balance and hold things in life, it's a supernatural thing. Supernatural. It's supernatural and it's spirit-led. For instance, it's supernatural for me to be able to hold a marriage, a child on the way, the thoughts that comes with that, my responsibilities as a minister, my responsibilities in business. It's supernatural uh, um, um, to see how I'm able to hold those different things. But in order for me to be able to be supernaturally able to hold, I have to be spirit led and I have to be able to spiritually fold. Meaning that if God says, I want you to fold that, I want you to give that up. I want you to give that up for now. Let it go. I got to be able to spiritually fold so I can spiritually hold. So I have to be willing not to do more than what God is requiring of me. And that comes from just your day-to-day -day relationship with God. Your day-to-day -day relationship with God is essential for spiritual leadership, right? So I gotta. I, so instance, uh, um, if I don't, if I don't practice my disciplines, if I don't do what's well in days when everything is well, then I will not have enough oil in my lamp when there's darkness. So I have to constantly invest in my hope, in my purpose, in my uh, faith in God. I gotta keep fellowship with God day to day. So that when a rough day comes, I have something to pull on. I have someone, I know him, right? And so uh, um, so how to balance it, you got to be, first I have to understand it's spiritual, supernatural, that you can't do this on your own. And it's spirit led. So so in order, I have to be able to say, okay, Holy Spirit, help me gauge and help me pull back and he'll lead you. 
right now don't do videos or right now don't do this right now don't do that spend more time here you have to be spirit led and spiritual leadership becomes even more prominent when you're pressing in day to day in your relationship with God and developing. But at the end of the day, you can't worry about being about mishandling it. You have to know that God is holding you and you got to be willing to fold anything in you that God says this ain't the right time to hold it. And so you're guaranteed to fall behind in, in your activities if you fall behind in, in engaging in God. And that's anything. If I stop investing in my relationship with my wife, the marriage is going to suffer. But the more I intentionally invest in her, then I don't have to worry about the marriage falling apart because I'm doing my parts day to day. You're so welcome, Priscilla. You're so welcome, Mary. You're welcome. Amen. Christina, what's going on, girl? Just co I coached you already. Yeah, I coached you already. I'm glad. I'm glad uh, to see you on the live. And if you need one-on-one -on -one coaching, like, hey, man, coach, I need to talk to you about some things. There's a lot of people in the live right now that I've already coached or are about to coach. And if you need to get on the phone with me to get a little bit more clarity or just a little bit more system to help you uh, do things well, uh, contact me now. I'd love to help. I got to change this graphic. I got to remind myself to do that. Oh, okay. Christina says, a young lady asked me the same question. I asked you from our coaching session. There we go. I felt that was a confirmation that God will use my uh, me for younger single women pertaining to our single season. And that's right. God always confirms his word. I think that's it. That's all the questions. Thank you, coach. You are blessing my brother. God gets the glory. Oh, TJ said, listen, it ain't, it ain't over, coach. He says, sup, coach. How can you tell you're called or chosen? <clears throat> Give me one second. TJ says, what's up, coach? How can you tell that you're called or chosen? I feel I'm I'm chosen because I've never fit in, always been overlooked. The Bible says many are called, but a few are chosen. Signs that you are chosen by God. Number one sign is you don't get away. You can't get away with anything. You try, you try to get away. I remember one time I went to the grocery store. This was when I was a little kid. And I tried to steal this tape, this uh, VHS. Some of y'all don't even know what a VHS is. It's a VHS of Three Little Pigs. And I tried to put it in my pants and then all of a sudden it fell out of my pants. I got caught. I remember one time I tried to steal a snicker bar and the snicker bar just fell out my, fell out my pants and I kept getting in trouble. And so I just realized I can't get away with nothing. I'm chosen. I'm chosen to, 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 to go down a particular path that a perfect path. That means I made a lot of mistakes in life, but, but I couldn't, I couldn't just fall into the wrong path. I couldn't just go down the wrong path and then get so deep in it that when I come back, my consequences are too heavy for me to be able to uh, um, to do what I got to do. Right. You just can't get away with nothing. Another thing that you called, you're chosen. Um, you, you just can't. You, you you have no choice. But to your calling. You have another part. It says and every job I get it always feels like I'm doing more labor than others. God is training you. You I talked to a young lady today. We talked about how. Uh, the higher you are in purpose with God, the more trainings. I told a young lady this morning, I said, uh, <clears throat> when a country wants to do something very critical, something very serious, they send their best soldiers. They send their most well-trained soldiers. There's ranks, there's levels to this. The higher the level, the critical the level. 
And so God is trying to level you up in your ability to be more long suffering, to be more patient, to be more kind, to be more loving, to be more content and joy. All this is so that you can operate in the midst of pressure. That's why people look at my channel and be like, man, Coach Josh, man, what's up with your channel? Man, your channel is not like big like everybody else's. I'm not called for the fluff of ministry. I'm called to be built for when all hell is breaking loose. Can I still sustain my faith in God and, and encourage people in their faith in God while everything seems like your heart should be failing because of fear? I'm being trained for a different level of ministry I, that all these fluffy preachers are going to fall off. They're going to be castaways. They're going to be falling away. But I, you, when you're when you're called, when you're chosen for a particular thing, he's he's equipping you. He is training you so that you will be able to endure. And be a light when it's really dark. So keep your heart, man, and realize, man, listen, it will it will manifest itself in time while God is having you training in the meantime. Hope that encourages you, man. Because I had to go through the same thing, man. I'm chosen. There's nothing I could do. <laughs> I could go my own way. I couldn't do my own thing. I couldn't be a thief. I couldn't lie because I always got caught. All that kind of stuff. But <clears throat> Nate says, thank you for your help, coach. Sent in a coach request. Hope to speak with you. Okay, yeah. Submit your request now. Uh, summer is stop. I think it ends. Let me see when I when I when my full coaching ends. It ends July 30th. And one week in July, I'm on vacation. So, so that's one week. So it's actually eight more weeks or seven more weeks of full-time coaching. And so if you need to get it in, get it in now. Get get yourself in June. It's not even it's not all the way full. We got some people in July, but just fill it up. You know what I'm saying? Because once I go back to school, another 50, 60 percent of my energy is going to go towards that. And, 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 and I might bring a handful of people throughout my fall and winter. Maybe not a handful, maybe a good, good group. Uh, but if you need coaching, man, get in there right now. Let me know your budget, what you are able to do per session, or if you want multiple sessions, give me a budget for that, and we'll customize a coaching session for that. So I look forward to speaking to you, family. Jeannie says, how do you fight witchcraft in your family? The number one thing you do with witchcraft, number one, is to uh, ignore it. That ain't number one, but that's one of the points. Ignore it. Um, when a bully sees that you're bothered, they're going to continue to bother you. But the only way that you can ignore something is to build your intellect on it is to understand it and understand who you are in retro in, in comparison so if you know that you hold all the authority and all they're doing is utilizing fear for you to relinquish your authority like they did adam and eve for them to torment and control you then they're going to torment and control you and but the more you ignore it and 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 store it what i mean you ignore it but while you ignoring you storing more understanding about about who you are in christ number one don't because you don't want to be a, st a student of demonology if you got poor theology. You can't put demonology before theology. You have to know who you are in Christ. You got to know who God is. You got to know everything in, in its rightful place. So while you're ignoring it, store it and pray for that individual in your family that you love, right? Uh, and then remove yourself. Sometimes you just got to say, okay, man, if y'all listen, I'm going to remove myself from any place that's dark unless God tell me to be a light to it. And realizing that that ain't your family family. You know what I'm saying? Your real family is the one that's been, no, that's not blood that was birthed, is not the blood that comes from your, your lineage, it's the blood that was shed for Christ. 
And when anytime a family member starts acting weird like that, then you 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 kind of uh move around now to cover yourself is this. Um, number one thing you gotta do is understand the power of prayer and your authority in prayer. For instance, one thing you can say, in the name of Jesus, I command every demonic spirit, every witchcraft that has been placed on me, I command you to loose me now in Jesus' name. Um, before you get into those powerful prayers, you got to build your faith. And you can build your faith in a moment just by fully understanding, yeah, I'm bigger than you because of Christ in me. Don't get so cocky in you now because you don't got no strength against no demons. But when you are charged by the spirit of God, man, witchcraft don't have no, no uh, should not have no say so or no control over your life. <clears throat> so. um, It depends if what, what kind of feminine book. check this book out right here, um, this book on the whole armor of God, World War Me, spiritual warfare book. Get this book, man. It's going to help you. It's got scriptures, got prayers. I think it's in that book. I wrote that book over 10 years ago. But it's a man, it's valuable. It is valuable. And it will help you with that spiritual warfare. And also, if it's any type of relational type thing, you might want to get the book, The Purpose of Freedom. If there's any soul ties or strongholds, I talk about family in here too. So that'd be a good book uh, as well to help you with that. I think I got to go. Two more and I got to go. <clears throat> Let me check my time. Give me one second. Give me one second, y'all. Okay. Uh, Marino says, what did you do when you thought the one turned out not to be the one? Like, was a sign from God or was it God and you kind of slipped up? Uh, great question. So for me, um, yeah, man, it just didn't work out. And I'm glad it didn't because I wouldn't have met the wife I have now. Right. So the evidence was that person got married to somebody else. <laughs> that, that'll do it. <laughs> that'll do it right there when a person moves on and gets married it's pretty much done after that and so i realized that man uh, i am not as spiritually strong as i thought i was i'm not as spiritually whatever as i thought i was and i better chill on saying things that are of god because i can hurt a lot of people if i keep saying god said you was the one or god said this is what we should do i did that in ministry before i put god's stamp on it but it was really me trying to use god's stamp on it to make people believe and hoping in the back end, pray and mercy, and hopefully that God is gonna know. <laughs> if God ain't in it, God ain't gonna be in it <laughs> unless He's gonna re unless you allow Him to redeem it. But He ain't gonna be the one funding it. So that's what happened, family. Yahira, what's going on? One of my other people I'm coaching. I believe that you know, you're the only one with that name. So I that's that's definitely you. So <laughs> hope you're well. It's good to see you again. 
Uh, Yahara says, hi, coach. What are soul ties exactly? Well, uh, there's a lot of uh, controversy around the theme soul ties. I think people are, um, I don't know if it's becoming tainted or something like that. I don't know. Um, but a soul tie, from my understanding and from just putting words together, is when you are, when your soul, your emotions, your thoughts are interwoven into something cause you to be overly connected to it, right? And so there are certain components of your soul or your mind around those, are your thoughts, memories, emotions, ideas, knowledge, and uh, emo- I think I said emotions already. So thoughts, let's start with thoughts. Um, your thoughts can be tied into a thing. That's why if you practice poor thought patterns and you allow certain negative thoughts as seeds to get into the soil or soul of your heart, then it's going to start growing into a stronghold. It's going to start growing into a tie because if you believe a lie, you're going to be tied to that lie, right? And when you're tied to that lie, right, then then it's going to keep you from being uh, uh, able to be loose to do what God wants you to do. So you're mentally tied, um, uh, mentally tied to a fear, mentally tied um, to, to a negative thoughts, mentally tied to a, a thought in the form of an opinion. You're tied in it mentally that's controlling your thoughts and you can't move in faith. You can't move along in your race because you're tied to this particular place mentally. Your memories is another part of your, your thought life in your soulless realm is that so many people, they remember wrongly and they're tied to what happened in their past through their remembering. And their remembering becomes a rope that ca- caused them to be tied to a particular thing um, that's going to keep them from being loose. Um, idea. Some people are mentally tied, emotionally tied to an idea of success. They're tied to an idea of a career path. They're tied into an idea of their parents want to create for them. They're emotionally tied and it gets multifaceted because now when there's family involved or love involved, all of a sudden now your emotions mixed with memories, emotions mixed with thoughts, emotions mixed with memories. Now you're tied and you can't really move. The enemy wants you stagnant. The the, the uh, enemy doesn't want you loose enough, freed in Christ enough to do the things that Christ wants you to do. Um, your knowledge. Some people are tied to what they learned in school that was that's going to be proven to be wrong years from now. So a lot of ways that people are soulishly tied relationally. That's why the Bible says don't awaken love before it's time, because some people are not in the mental, emotional, physical or spiritual state to be able to have that type of love on their plate. And so when they touch a person prematurely or they get sexual prematurely or they open up all these different compartments in their soul for those things to gain root in, then they cannot be able to be set free. And so soul ties is when you overly indulge mentally, emotionally, or physically into something that is stronger than its appearance. See, super glue comes in a little jar. That little drop of super glue can have your hand tied to a desk for a few hours. It's potent. And so the reason why people are so tied to different things in their soulish realm, where their thoughts, emotions, feelings, understandings, perspectives, and uh, 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 whatever is in then they can be stuck there for a long uh, period or for seasons, right? And so how to untie soul ties is first you got to understand what your soul is. You have to understand the value of it. You have to understand the compartments of it. You have to be able to understand uh, um, 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 the real reason why you're tied. The real reason, because a soul tie will turn into a stronghold in a few weeks. 
because of voids and because of the noise or because of a lack of poise, all these different things will become so emotionally, uh, uh, deceptively desirable that all of a sudden you're so tied to it because you have no understanding. You are infant, you are babe, and you don't understand the, com the full complexities and the full capacities required to be able to handle something of that nature. And so you got to say, okay, what, what happened in my formative years? What happened between me and my dad? What happened between me and my mom? What happened between whatever that caused me to have a wound? The devil fights very unfair. So he's going to hit you when you are not cognitively uh, uh, capable enough to be able to systematically process it mentally to be free. So if you've been wounded since a kid, wounded in, the, in your teenage years, and you're not mentally strong enough, and you're not even spiritually strong enough to be able to process it mentally, chances are you're going to be tied to it eventually and for a long period of time. To avoid that now, as you're older, the Holy Spirit's going to then lead you to start forgiving people to start looking at your heart to see what's really caused you to be tied to that. Because once you get the main root loose, the rest of the roots will loose and that tree will be uprooted and then you'll walk in freedom. Some people are demonically tied. Some people are physically tied. So that means there may be some fasting required. There may be some things that spiritually led uh, that the spirit has to lead you into being set freed from. But this book, uh, The Purpose of Freedom, is the book right here. I go in greater details and depths on what soul ties and strongholds are so that you can better understand how to be uprooted from them. Because uh, if you don't understand it, it won't be uprooted. And so this would be a great book for anyone struggling. If you feel like, hey, I feel like I'm overly connected to something that I shouldn't. Because people say, okay, how is it possible to be connected Always, there's a lot of people strongly connected to celebrities they never met because they allowed themselves to be overly indulged with the idea of them utilizing all their time, all their feelings to be so immersed in that particular thing that they're not tied to that person. That's why I don't have a favorite team. I don't follow the NBA like that. Like I, 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 I like it, but I don't love it because I don't want a team's loss to take a lot of energy out of me. I don't got time to be so excited about my team or so excited about Golden State that when Golden State loses, I'm at a loss. That's too much. That's why the society uses sports, uses celebrities, uses shows, uses people, enemies, uses relationships to drain you. So that's why I don't become so attached to these uh, uh, superficial non-beneficial things in life because the more you get tied to it, the more you lose. I can't watch a game and be so invested. Now I got money involved. Now I got time involved. Now I got heart involved. Now I got junk talking involved. And then when my team loses, now I'm at a loss emotionally when I could have used that emotion to be with my family. So soul ties is a lot of areas, sports, celebrities, men, women, a lot of different things, yourself, ideas, concepts, opinions. That book, my friend, I think will help you. Gotta go, y'all. Love y'all. I pray this was a blessing to y'all. Thank y'all so much for trusting me with your questions. Um, that's it. I, uh, let me see. Holy Spirit said one more. Holy Spirit said one more. Let me go here. Let me ask you, let me ask these two questions real quick. True Vengeance RB says, does God have to take some accountability for the state of the world since he created Lucifer and Adam and Eve, knowing they are going to sin? God doesn't take accountability because God removed himself from accountability when he gave everyone free will. 
But the beautiful thing about God's sovereign will is that it doesn't matter how much people's free wills is free, their free will cannot erase his sovereign will. And so he created the opportunity for people to love because this is the best world to create. Because if God did not create this world, then we will all just be robots. And then God would be some egotistical guy on the top of a hill that's got a bunch of people serving him. It sounds coincidentally to what the devil wants. The devil doesn't want you to have free will. Uh, uh, but but God of himself says, I have to give you free will because that's the only way love can be tested. Love can be proven and, and love can be shared. And so he doesn't take any accountability because everyone has a choice. Like. Even though I made, even though I'm, I'm, I've made a child, played a part in making a child, I can't make the child do what the child doesn't want to do. I can guide the child. I can create an environment for the child to, to, to bend a certain kind of way. But at the end of the day, when that child becomes 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, it's their choice. I'm no longer held accountable. You see what I'm saying? Especially if I've done everything right. There's nothing I can do. Great question, though. Uh, Teresa says, last one, I got to go. Oh, man, these two go together. Okay. Teresa says, I was told that realistically, no man will want to wait until marriage to have sex. Plus, I already have a daughter outside of marriage. I didn't know better at the time. What to do? Uh, what do the scriptures say? Oh, man. You want me to look at scriptures, too? All right, let me, let me answer this question. Uh, Teresa says, I was told that realistically, no man would want to wait. The thing is, you got to watch where you get your information from. It's like Elijah when he was up under the tree and Jezebel was coming for him and he was like, man, I'm the only one. And God said, I got 5,000 others that ain't bowed down to Bill. People like, there's a lot of men like myself that don't mind waiting to marriage. I waited to marriage. I was a virgin when I got married. I ain't the last of the Mohicans. I ain't the last of them. The issue is we get so caught up in our eco chambers that we forget how big the world is. The only way that you can come to that calculation is you interviewed every single man on the planet. So sometimes we allow our small circles and the statistics of our small circles to cause us to lose heart as if God is statistically bound to statistics. God is like, I'm above statistics. I got men everywhere that, that honors me. I am in no shortage. No matter how much shortage is on the shelves, God said, I am not without shortage because let's look at it from God's perspective. God is not short. For those who are not shortchanging him and in their development, that's not shortchanging him and, and want to stay babes. God got a lot of people for the people that genuinely want to be his people and that really want to grow. That's the realistic. God, is, God, God may not have a man for everyone because not every woman wants to be in God's will. But I guarantee that God has everything for everyone that desires to be in his will and that's actually disciplined in his will and that's endeavoring to be in his will, even with mess ups, because they trust in God's grace and mercy. He don't have no shortage for that. But if you out there and want to do your own thing and whatever, 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 you don't want to be in God, not you, but if people want to be out there and don't want to be in God's will, then they can't get mad at the wills don't turn in their direction because you get what you get, right? So you have to change where you get your, your information from because information then dictates perspective. And when you have a certain perspective, then you start excusing yourself out of the faith realm and the possibility realm where God can do anything. So I was told that realistically, no man will want. There's a lot of men that want to wait because a lot of men, some men got spiritual common sense. That it's better to wait as a man because the one that sows the seed is responsible for the garden. 
And that's why a lot of men, that's why a lot of men don't want to spray their seed everywhere because now they got to be responsible for the garden. So there's a lot of men with a lot of spiritual common sense that's willing to wait until marriage because they understand the, the, the ramifications and they understand the parameters and they understand the validity of the scriptures in regards to that because it, it makes perfect sense to wait till marriage. It makes perfect sense. Because the emotional ties, because 20, 20 seconds or two minutes of sexual pleasures cannot compare to 20 years of emotional pain. You said, plus I already have a daughter outside of marriage. I didn't know better time. And that's where you got to forgive yourself. If you didn't know no better, then God still has better. Like they're, they're, God ain't sitting there saying, I'm going to give you scraps because you messed up and you didn't know no better. God can redeem the time. There's a lot of good men right now. That could be a man right now that has a child himself and wouldn't mind being married to you. And there's a lot of different men out there that wouldn't mind doing that. So you have to reprogram your mind to be able to believe that God has things in, in particular time. Now, that thing may be able, it may require a little bit more growth. It may require a little bit more whatever in your effort. Don't mean it's more than another person, but it could just mean that uh, maybe God now has to now consider your daughter now. And maybe God says you may have to wait a little bit longer because the he wants his wants your daughter to be in a position to be, um, to be receptive as well. So now you can't just, now that you have a daughter, you can't just be like, all right, God, it's in order for you. It's I'm placing an order for you to bring me a man. God's gonna be like, I gotta think about your daughter too. I gotta think about uh, uh, uh is your heart ready for that? Is your daughter's heart ready for that? And you have to be okay with that if that is what God is even concerned about or considering. So change where you get your information from so that you don't fall into you know, no man is gonna want to wait till marriage. There's a lot of men that's willing to wait till marriage. You just gotta wait for God to bring that man. Uh, who has the right ideals about marriage and, and go from there. Same question kind of go along with it. Hi, coach. My boyfriend and I are waiting until marriage to have sex, but how can I let him know I'm turned off by his overweight without hurting him? I feel guilty for being so superficial, but I can't help it. Listen, listen, listen. If you go to a car dealership and it's dented up, are you going to get that car? No. A woman wants security and stability. A woman wants to be able to know that this man will outlast, that this man will, will last and not become her past, right? If she if she wants to marry him, right? So the, the best way to do it is, is first off, uh, vent to God process so that it won't come off fast, right? But it'll come off gentle and, and it will come off correctly. So what I would do is go to God and say, God, here is my heart. Here is what I'm concerned about, about my man. And, and, and please, uh, God... Either one or two things, Father, either reveal to him and give him the strong passion to do so or create an opportunity for me to communicate this concern. Right. And also uh, examine him. Ask yourself, what is it in his life that's causing him to be overweight? Then you will know what to pray for. Like for me, I used to emotionally eat. I used to be 315 pounds. I used to emotionally eat, but it was because of my idolatries. It was because of my insecurities. And then when God began to fix that and I began to nix that, next thing you know, I lost, I nixed, nicked a lot of those weights off, right? And so uh, the reason why a lot of men gain weight is some type of emotional thing. And that's something you have to, he has to process before you get married. Because if he doesn't have a good grip on whatever is causing him to grab food, then he's going to continue to grab food. And so, and you, and, and you want to, and that's, that's your rightful place as a woman to, to be concerned about that. And so after you pray to God about that and you process it, then I, then I want you to just um, love on him, be patient with him until God creates the right opportunity. You'll know, you'll feel the strong unction and he will be in a great place. Or he might even come to you and be like, babe, I'm ready to change. I'm ready to lose, lose weight. 
But what you don't want to do is come at him strong, come at him hard without empathy, understanding why he's even feeling empty and why he wants to fill that empty space with food as if it has a bottom to it, but it's a bottomless pit in him. And he's feeding this thing, thinking it's going to be settled, but it's just going through him and and, and not fixing him. And so that's what I would do uh, with that situation. Love you. I got to go. I pray y'all was blessed by it. Lanita, what's going on? I'm seeing all the people I'm coaching. Um, thank y'all so much for trusting me in y'all's questions. Uh, also, that reminds me, if you need uh, mentoring and for your young person, if you have a son or a daughter that you say, hey, man, they had a rough school year, and I just need someone to encourage him. And Lanita is one of the young uh, ladies that I'm, I'm helping her her children. And um, I didn't mean to put your business out there. Sorry about that. But yeah, I'm coaching her children. And um, if you hey, listen, if you say, hey, I got a young person, um, I got this book that I, I'm going to bring your student through. It's called As He Says, uh, As for Students I Serve. So I have a curriculum that I can walk your child through. Uh, if you feel like, hey, they had a rough year or you just wanted them to make sure that they have a good year like they had last year, I would love to talk to them and help encourage them and, and mentor them this summer or coach them this summer. So if you have uh, any needs like that, let me know. If you need one-on-one coaching anywhere else, uh, any other relationships, spiritual development, singleness, purpose, and branding, let me know. I'd love to help you. If you're looking for a book to help you process your feelings, this book, Facts of Feelings, will be a great resource for you. Great book there. Um, if you're looking to hold things better, you want to be whole. Whole doesn't mean perfection. It means preparedness. It's a great book here. If you're looking for a book to help you understand the purpose of your singleness, how to maximize a great book there. If you're looking for a great dating resource for you to be able to be dateable for the rest of your life and to really ask that person the right questions to either end a relationship or extend it, great book there. If you're looking to better discern what's in front of you to make sure it's the will of God for you, this book, Counterfeit Counterpart, would be a great book for you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, you want to find a purpose of freedom, great book here. Um, my children's book, my wife and I's children's book, if you're looking for a book to help students to understand their purpose or art form and be uh, um, aggressively uh, pursuing a great book there. If you struggle with spiritual warfare, you want to better understand the whole armor of God and how to use it, this would be a good book there. Also, get your t-shirts, merch. We've got uh, t-shirts below of this YouTube video. Uh, you can get shirts down there. If you want to give and support what I do, you can do that on my website, imunplugged.com, and I'll go ahead and post those links there if you feel led to support and all that good stuff. Uh, let's see here. I'll usually check the bottom to see, see what people talk about. Uh, you're so welcome. I'm glad it was a blessing to you. That's right. Seek godly counsel first. Uh, you're so welcome. God bless you. And thank you for blessing me and my wife. We appreciate it. Uh, oh, she said it's cool. I ain't want to put your business. I'm so sorry. Uh, the book, you take it the book, uh, for his glory. That's right. That's right. Love y'all. I'll catch y'all on the flip side. Um, uh, but don't flip on the wrong side. I love y'all. Peace.